Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. For those who tuned in last week, my hope is that throughout the course of this week, you've been a little bit more conscious and a little bit more welcoming of God's presence in your life. Uh, Over the past week, we've had a number of people dropping in meals to our house. And uh, I've got to say, as we've been enjoying those meals, I've been uh, encountering God's presence in a very tangible way. So I want to thank all those uh, people who have dropped off food and also those who have dropped off envelopes with their stewardship offering. Uh, We're very grateful for your continued generosity. For those who weren't with us uh, last week, my basic message was that as we learn to see and to welcome God's presence in our daily lives, the promises of God start to be awakened in us. God's promises start to become real in our lived experience. Joy and peace, for example, uh, are not just words that we use when we come to church, but they're qualities that we actually start to experience in, in our hearts, in our lives. The power of God's presence. Today, I want to offer you another P word that is essential if we want these benefits, these promises of God to really take root in our lives. The word for today is pattern. The experience of God's presence must lead us into a new pattern of living if we're going to remain in the promises of God. That's what we were praying for today in our opening reading. We prayed, Almighty, ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Saviour to take flesh and submit to the cross, graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering and so merit a share in his resurrection, in his promises. What we were praying for just at the beginning of Mass, was for grace to be like Jesus, to pattern our life on his life. I remember when I was in primary school, uh, for a period we did cross-stitch, and we were given this, this grid, and on the grid was, a, was a, a pattern. And all we needed to do was to stitch within the pattern, and this, this beautiful picture started to emerge. The same is true for every Christian. As we pattern our life on the life of Jesus, this this beautiful picture that God promises will start to emerge in our life. And that's really the invitation that's at the heart of Holy Week. For us to observe closely the pattern, the way of Jesus as he negotiates the cross. And the pattern that we're looking for is not so much uh, what Jesus did necessarily, as much as it is 
the pattern of his heart. What we're, we're really looking for throughout Holy Week is the disposition of Jesus' heart towards his father. How he was in relationship to the father. That's what we want to really notice because that's what's going to lead us to life. That's what we want to pattern our life on. The word or the one word that I think best uh, captures this disposition on the heart of Jesus, this pattern uh, in his heart is obedience. Now, there's probably some of you at home thinking, oh, Father Dan, I mean, couldn't you have chosen a better word than obedience? <laughs> it's not one of our favourite words, is it? We, um, we don't like the idea of having to submit ourselves to somebody else. And, and perhaps that's especially true now. We feel the sting of obedience huh? with all these restrictions upon us. But we need to recognise as followers of Jesus that it was obedience that led him to the cross and ultimately to glory. And, and in the same way, it's only obedience that will do the same for us, that will enable us to to experience and really live in the promises, the glory of God. So what does obedience look like? Well, I want to explore two dimensions of obedience today, and both of them come out really strongly in our readings. The first dimension of obedience is listening. The word obedience actually comes from a Latin word, which means to listen to listen deeply. In the, the first reading today, we have this picture of a suffering servant, which uh, we should really see as an image of Jesus. And the servant says, The Lord has given me a disciple's tongue, so that I may know how to reply to the wearied. He provides me with speech. Each morning he wakes me to hear, to listen like a disciple. Now, can you hear how reliant the servant is on hearing the word of God? Each morning he wakes me to hear, to listen like a disciple. How does a disciple listen? Well, a disciple listens from a heart that is submitted, a heart that trusts in God's ways above all other ways, including our own ways, a heart that is available that is waiting, that is dependent on God's word. I'm reminded a, a few years ago, I led a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and to, uh, to Rome. Hello to Cosi and all those who were uh, part of that pilgrimage. And it, it felt like every night we were in uh, a different hotel. Now, what do you do when you wake up in the middle of the night in a dark room, in a foreign uh, room, and uh, you've got to go to the bathroom? What's the first thing that you do? You look for the lamp, don't you? Without the lamp, you're in a bit of trouble. I want to suggest the same is true for someone who has an obedient heart. You know, when they're faced with darkness, when, when they're faced with a question, the first thing that they will turn to is God, is, is the word of God, that they're dependent on God's word. This was the heart of Jesus he was constantly going to a deserted place, going up the mountain 
in Holy Week, he goes to the garden because he's desperate to hear the voice of his father. He's always attentive, always listening to the direction of his father. What about you? How desperate are you now in your life to to hear the voice of God? The second dimension of obedience I want to reflect on today is willingness. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, if you ask my mother, who's probably watching right now, I'm sure she'll confirm that there have been plenty of times when I've listened to her, but not necessarily uh, followed her instruction. The other crucial part of obedience, the other dimension of obedience is that we're willing to say yes. We're willing to follow God's lead, even when it's difficult. There's a a response in the prayer of the church that says, bend my heart to your will, O Lord. That's the heart of obedience, a heart that's willing to bend itself to God's will, trusting that God's will is, is always right. And he's always good and he's always best for us. And we hear this willingness in the suffering servant. He says, for my part, I made no resistance. Neither did I turn away. I offered my back to those who struck me, my cheek to those who tore at my beard. I did not cover my face against insult and spittle. So too, I set my face like flint. You know, in Luke's gospel, Jesus also set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. In other words, he was willing, Jesus was willing to turn towards the cross. St. Paul says to us today in the, in the second reading in the, in the acclamation that Christ became obedient for us even to death dying on the cross. Yes, there were times that he really struggled. Yes, there were times that that Jesus was brutally honest with his father, but his heart was always one of trusting obedience. Not my will, but your will be done. And, And St. Paul says today, and therefore, because this was the heart of Jesus, God raised him on high and gave him a name above all other names. In other words, His obedience led him to glory, led him to the promise. It can be so easy for us to turn away from our crosses, to resist them, to pretend they're not there or to cover them over with something else. We don't like getting older. We don't like getting sick. We don't like being cheated. We don't like being challenged. There's so much to life that we are constantly resisting. But the pattern of Jesus was to humbly turn towards his cross, not away. The writer of Hebrews says that although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus was perfect, 
but through his suffering, he, he was able to grow even more in his connection, in his trust, in his relationship with his father. Now, God mightn't be giving us the crosses that we're experiencing in our lives, but they are an important way. Maybe they're the best way for us to deepen in our connection with God and to experience the promises, experience the promises of God in our lives in a, in a much richer way. Maybe it's the worries that are sprung out of this uh, this pandemic that we're experiencing with the coronavirus, or maybe it's maybe it's one of many other crosses that you've been carrying some time. Maybe it's financial concerns, or, or anxieties about the future. Maybe it's a marriage that is uh, strained or unworkable. Maybe it's kids who are rebelling. We don't need to look far to uh, encounter our crosses. But what we are invited to do over this coming week is not to turn away from them, but in faith and in trust to turn towards our crosses. Whatever your cross is right now, I want to encourage you to carry it with you over this week as we journey with Jesus towards Jerusalem. Allow your cross to help you to appreciate the cross of Jesus in a way that you never have before. Allow your cross to humble you and and to open your ears to the voice of God, to help you to recognise how desperate you are to hear his voice. And perhaps most importantly, allow your cross to lead you into a, a new experiences a new experience of God's promises, a new experience of Easter glory. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.